Well, a couple of Sundays ago, uh, I preached on overcomers, that we are overcomers. How many of you have heard that message or you were here? Praise the Lord. Still living in that overcoming life. I don't know if we still have any of those confessions out there, but we have these confession sheets. I'm an overcomer. Good thing to keep saying the word. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so I just wanted tonight, we're going to not, we're going to talk about overcoming, but we're going to talk about it in a different slant. We're going to talk about overcoming through the power of prayer. Something that's been in my heart for a few weeks now, and Pastor and I have talked about it, is I really believe that we need to have some more corporate prayer times. Amen. I'm thankful that we can get together on our prayer encounter on Thursdays at noon. And and that's been going really well. I appreciate y'all tuning in. And we do have a a live in-person prayer encounter coming up on April 14th. I do believe that is the Thursday before Easter. But you know, we still have a few weeks leading up to Easter. And we need to right now begin to start praying. Praying not just for Easter, but we need to be praying over the body of Christ. And there's a lot of needs that are out there that we cannot meet in the natural. And we could become overcome when we look around at everything that folks are dealing with, we could get overcome because there's a lot of stuff happening in the world, but we are not the overcome. We are the overcomers. And one of the ways that we do overcome is by offering our supply in prayer. We can't take people's burdens on. We can't, you know, that will wear us down. But we can take people that are burdened and lift them up to the throne room of grace. That's what we can do. And that's the most effective thing that we can do. And we quoted this already, uh, this scripture but uh, before I read that, let me uh, mention this. Just some definitions of overcomers. And tonight, keep it in mind in the light of prayer. To gain the superiority. To be victorious. To overcome difficulties or obstacles. Have you ever faced any obstacles in the natural? Well, we all have. Have you ever had a difficult situation that you're praying over and you don't have the answer for and you don't have the words for? Well, how do we overcome in that situation? And how do we pray? We find scriptures, of course, that cover our case, but we also can lean in to the great helper. To the Holy Spirit who gives us divine utterance. How many of you are thankful for the ability to pray in other tongues? I mean, there's so many times that situations have arisen. And I don't know what to do about it in the natural. Or you see things going on in people's life and and you want to fix them. Especially if you're a mom. Moms are great fixer-uppers. Or we think we are. We want to, oh, I know exactly how to fix that situation. If my kid would just listen to me, they'd have no more problems. But, you know, we're not called to be fixer-uppers. We are called to lean in on the one, the great helper, the teacher, 
the guide who knows everything about everybody. He knows exactly how to reach every single person. He knows what to do. And he knows how to give us the utterance to pray. Aren't you thankful? We are thankful for him. So tonight we're going to talk about how we can pray overcoming prayers. And I quoted this scripture, but again, I want you to keep it in mind in the light of prayer. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, now the Amplified, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. And that phrase stood out to me, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. You know what we talk a lot about here is spirit-led prayer. There's all different kinds of praying and they all are effective and they're all found in the word of God. And we need to find scriptures that we base our prayers on. But many times when we are facing a difficult situation, lean in here. He always leads us in triumph. And that involves also in our prayer life. He will give us that divine utterance. There's all sorts of religious jargon out there. And people might say, well, you know, yeah, God always answers. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says, wait a while. Hmm. There's no scripture and verse for that. The promises of God are yes and amen. If we're praying the word, it should be settled in our heart. God's hearing and God is answering our prayers. He never intended for us to pray prayers that don't get answered. And the only reason they don't is they're not either not in line with the word of God or they're not prayed in faith. Every single kind of prayer that's out there, whether it's the prayer of intercession, the prayer of supplication, the prayer of agreement, united prayer, every single prayer needs to have that element of faith. There is not a prayer of doubt and unbelief. People pray prayers of doubt and unbelief, but they're not going to get answered. We need to pray our prayers in faith. He never intended for our prayer life to be like a shot in the dark where we're like, God, if you're up there. And you know, some people I've always, if you've done this, you know, that's your deal. But I always despise it when people say, you know, the man upstairs. He is not a man and he is not upstairs. He's on a throne. Hallelujah. God, the creator of the universe. Amen. And he is not, uh, he's not just like, okay, prayer is your, should be your last resort. It's not a shot in the dark to the man upstairs. Prayer is coming boldly before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Coming to the throne room of grace. Hallelujah. And then you may have heard people say stuff like this. Well, you just never know what God might do. 
Once again, scripture and verse. That's not in the Bible. It sounds so pious and so religious. And it is religious, but it's not scriptural. We can know what God is going to do. And we can be assured that he hears and he answers our prayer. I just stopped by tonight just to give you some very familiar scriptures before we pray. And one of them is 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. This is out of the Amplified. If you're looking at it on your device, there's an Amplified Classic and an Amplified. You know, I do not have any idea why they had to change the Amplified. Classic is good. I'm classic. I'm older. And I'm classic. And I don't need an update. The Amplified didn't need an update. But anyhow, said all that just to say this. <laughs> if you're on a device, it will be classic Amplified. Anyway, it says, And this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness. Don't you love that? It's a privilege. To be bold. Hallelujah. And that comes, which we have it in Him. We are sure. Does that sound like maybe, might, you never know what God's going to do? No. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to His will, in agreement with His own plan, He listens to and hears us. And then verse 15. And if since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, we also know, oh, I love this too. I love this whole passage. With settled, settled, absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions, the request made of him. How can we be settled in unsettling times? We're living in unsettling times. And the only way to be settled and to be confident and to be bold in unsettling times is settle down on the promises of God, our firm foundation, standing on the promises. I shall not fail, though the howling winds of fear and doubt assail. Fear ever bombard anybody's mind? How about doubt? Of course, these come to all of us, but that's just it. They come to our mind. Don't let them get in your heart. Settle, be fixed, be established, be unmovable, be unshakable on the promises of God. God can be trusted. He can be relied upon. We can put our full confidence in Him. These verses that we just read, I love all those powerful words that were in that passage. Confidence. Assurance, boldness, settled, absolute, hallelujah. You and I are a privileged people. 
because we have been granted access to the throne of grace. I already quoted Hebrews 4.16, but I want to read it out of the NIV. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with fear and trembling, afraid, sneak in the back back door, you unworthy worm you. No, no, with grace, with confidence, (laughs) hallelujah, so that we may receive and find grace to help us in our time of need. Thank you, Lord. That deserves a hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I like something that E.W. Kenyon said about prayer. He said prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting his word back to him. Did you grasp that? It should be, prayer should be God looking down to earth. And what he sees is a mirror of his word reflecting back to him. How's that going to happen? Through us. Through us lifting up our voice and praying the word and declaring the word. Doesn't the Bible say the word does not return void? It's powerful. It's dynamic in its working. And that's what God wants to see reflected out of our hearts and out of our mouths is His Word being lifted back up to Him. That's powerful prayer right there for sure. Hallelujah. A good good friend of mine said this, Patsy Caminetti. She says we need to know the promises pray the promises, and then we receive the promises. Know the promises. Pray the promises, and then we will receive the promises. And she went on to say this, that prayer without a promise has no foundation. Again, prayer is not a shot in the dark. Prayer is not our opinion It's not a cry of desperation. Although God, you know, he hears it when all, maybe if you're in a a situation, a car coming toward you or whatever, and all you can say is help Jesus. Well, Jesus will help you. But it's not a way of life that prayer is just always a, a crisis mode. Oh, this is going on. This crisis and that crisis. No, Prayer is fellowship and communion with our loving Heavenly Father. It's just talking to Him and having that relationship with Him. And it's not a once in a while thing. I'll talk to God when, you know, something terrible happens and I, I really need help. I'm gonna, oh, now I'm gonna really pray. Well, God's merciful and He will show up in our time of need, but He desires relationship with us. He desires an ongoing dialogue and conversation with him. Hallelujah. So Patsy went on and she said this, prayer without a promise has no foundation, but a promise without prayer has no purpose. A promise without prayer has no purpose. So you may have some things 
on the inside of you visions like we talked about in the beginning from the spirit of god people that maybe have some visions that are it seems like they're dead and they're lying dormant don't let that thing die on the inside of you if it's something that you know the spirit of god spoke in your heart and it is in line with the word of the living god then pray that thing through a promise without prayer has no purpose so you can hear things from god and it's wonderful and we all should have things on the inside of us you know that that he has told us he wants to do in our life or he wants to do through us you know a better job or whatever it is pray it through don't let that promise and that vision die unborn prayer gives it a a purpose amen and don't be moved by the passage of time the passage of time causes so many people to let go of things that they know god wants to do in their lives if you're in that time of waiting where you've uh, got something stirring in your heart and in the natural it hasn't yet come to pass let me encourage you to do some things number one stir yourself up in faith let your eyes rest on the promises and your faith will be strengthened for example maybe you're praying for a a lost loved one has not yet received jesus and the more time that goes on and the more uh devilish they act you know you might want to you might be tempted to call him demon child or something you know it just looks like it's getting worse and worse don't meditate on what that looks like find scriptures to strengthen your faith me and my household shall be saved the seed my seed is blessed hallelujah just find scriptures about household salvation it will stir your faith up and keep you active in believing that that prayer that you have prayed is coming to pass and then this is really good too another thing is meditate on the fact that when we pray tremendous power has been released and made available probably one of my favorite scriptures along prayer and it's james five sixteen. and we won't read the first part of that but the last part of james five sixteen in the amplified again it says the earnest heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man does what it makes tremendous power available dynamic in its working once again notice these words in a in a king james it says fervent earnest heartfelt continued prayer what's it do it makes tremendous power available dynamic in it's working now i never say the greek word right for dynamite phenomy me something like that getting closer Woo! i get an a for effort anyway we always used to say uh dunamis but it's really dynamy or something like that but it is the same root work that we get dynamite from is here for power 
What does dynamite do in the natural? It blows things up. It gets rid of obstacles. If somebody wants to build a road and there's a bunch of boulders in the way, like they build a road through the Rocky Mountains, they had to use dynamite to blow hindrances out of the way so that people could get from the eastern part of the United States to the beautiful west coast. Well, that's what happens when we pray. And we need to remind ourselves of that. That prayer is just not a futile exercise. Prayer is just not giving us something to do. When we pray, tremendous power is being released. And obstacles are being removed. Hindrances of the devil are being blown to smithereens. And darkness that's blinding people's minds and eyes. It's blown off of them. Power, tremendous power is released. When we pray, and we should never, ever forget that. I don't care if you feel anything or you don't feel anything. You're praying the word or you're praying in tongues. You need to see. Woo! You need to see it. Well, right now, as I'm praying, woo! There's a surge of power going to that situation. Woo! There's another surge of power going over there to that lost loved one. Woo! As I'm praying right now, woo! There's a surge of healing going to that person that is sick. We have a power plant on the inside of us called the Holy Ghost and fire. Hallelujah. We need to know that when we are praying, things are happening. Prayer doesn't change God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But prayer changes people and prayer changes situations. Don't doubt that for a moment. Hallelujah. A few years ago, I was praying, and this is what came out of my heart, that divine utterance creates divine entrance. So when we are praying under the unction of the Holy Ghost, again, whether you have a feeling or not, doesn't matter. But the Holy Ghost is directing your prayers and you are yielding to Him. And you're most likely praying in the Spirit, in your heavenly language. Divine utterance produces divine entrance. So those prayers are making inroads into a hard heart. They are blowing up that stony heart. They are They are causing deception and blindness to come off of people. And what else? In the day in which we live, that tremendous power that is released when we pray, it is breaking off the spirit of this world, the spirit of this age that has tried to even creep into the church and deceive many of my own people, says the Lord. But when we pray about woo, those things are broken. Strongholds of the enemy are nothing compared to the strength of the Holy Ghost. He is called the spirit of might. 
Woo! Mighty is our God and mighty is the spirit of the living God on the inside of us. And no trap of the enemy, no deception, no bondage, no yoke of the devil, no addiction, no alcohol, no drugs, nothing else is mightier than our God. Woo! Ha, 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 ha. Pray. Pray much in the Holy Ghost. Pray much in the Spirit. Pray the Word of the living God. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, and when Jambrata, and when you are praying and you know that your prayers, oh Mama Kadreta, divine utterance is creating divine entrance. Then don't keep Don't get out of that place of prayer and think, well, okay, now I'm the one. I'm the one to go over there and I'm going to talk to them and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. The Spirit of God may use you that way. But oftentimes, particularly if it's a relative, most likely not. They're not going to listen to you. But that divine utterance has created a divine entrance into their hearts. You've created a highway for God. Isaiah chapter 40. We are God's road construction crew. And we come as sombra. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. That's what it says over there in the book of Isaiah 40. Prepare the way of the Lord. So our prayers prepare the way of the Lord. It prepares a highway and an entrance into that loved one's heart. But it's probably not going to be you. But it will be someone. God will send an anointed laborer. Our prayers give him that open door and give him that welcoming place to go and to minister to them. He'll send the right person. He knows exactly who they'll listen to and he knows exactly how to reach each and every one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And in the time of standing, oh, my, 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 so not only pray the word, but say the word of God. Hold fast to the profession of your faith. Oh, don't be moved by what you see in the natural. Oh, it's not a big kata. It's not a natural battle. For we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. But the kojandra, but the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. They are not fleshly, but they are mighty. Mighty through God. 
to the pulling down of strongholds. Glory be to God. We are equipped in this day and in this hour. We cannot lose with the weapons that we use. The word of God. The name of Jesus. The blood of the precious lamb. The Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Our helper. Glory be to God. You and I are called to be part of the Lord's army and to work with heaven in this day and in this hour. We're called to be contenders. We are contenders and not pretenders. You know, putting on an army fatigue doesn't make you a soldier. Wearing a bling cross and all of this stuff. I see people on TV and, you know, they got these giant crosses on. And that's great. That's wonderful. I like cross jewelry too. But they're wearing this big cross and then cussing like a sailor. I'm like, really, dude? Could you take the cross off? Wearing a cross doesn't make you a Christian. Don't pretend that you are. But we are going to be contenders. Amen? It's time for the church of the living God to rise up and to use our God-given army. As I was praying today, this came up, this illustration, and we'll be winding down here in a little bit. We are in the Lord's army. And being in the army is not all about party time. It's not all about benefits. Give me, give me, give me. Bless me, bless me, bless me. The army is a group of people, every one of our military forces that represent that they need to be ready for battle. They need to be trained. Of course, they have benefits in the military, but it's not all about the benefits. It can't be. A soldier, when he gets called up for active duty, can't have this attitude. I didn't sign up for this. Don't give me a gun. Are you kidding me? I signed up for my college education. I didn't sign up for this. Oh, yes, you did. If you sign the dotted line and you take the oath to defend and protect the enemies of our nation at home and abroad, you're in the army. And you're called up to active duty. Well, too many Christians don't, you know, they don't, they just want the benefits. But folks, we are called in to active duty. And he is looking for people that will hold steady, even under pressure, and even in the face of difficulty. Amen. And lift up our voice, not in weakness, but lift up our voice in strength and declare what he has declared. Anybody in here believing for somebody that's not born again? Not a relative, friend, a lot of you. Well, when it comes to standing and praying for unbelievers, those that are maybe not ever been in the family of God, those that have been and are backslidden, 
then we need to have a tenacity. We need to have I'm not going to quit attitude. Winners never quit and quitters never win. I'm looking at a room full of winners and we're going to hold steady and we're going to hold fast. Amen. And we're going to see what we've been praying and believing for. I have a lot of other stuff, but I feel like I'm going to stop right here by telling you this wonderful illustration, and then we are going to pray. Did you all come tonight to work? We didn't come just to receive. We came to pray. Amen? So there's this wonderful woman of God by the name of Rachel Tifateller. She's in heaven now, but uh, Billy Brim used to have her in some of her, her prayer meetings, and wow, little powerhouse, she wasn't a licensed minister or anything else, but she was just a woman that had dedicated her life to prayer. And during her lifetime, it wasn't always easy. She was married to an alcoholic, and you know that could not be easy. His name was Horace, and her name was Rachel. And for years, she'd be going to church, and he'd be out drinking. She'd be going down to the church and praying lots of nights while he was out at the bar. And he didn't beat her or anything like that. But, you know, he, he'd come home drunk and she'd come home drunk too, but drunk in the spirit. <clears throat> but this went on for years. And one day she was praying and she had this vision. And she saw these two bulldogs. And they had this piece of cloth or rope or something between them. I think it was a piece of cloth. And one was pulling this way and one was pulling that way. And the Spirit of the Lord said, that's you and Horace. He's trying to pull the other way. He's trying to resist coming over into the family of God. But you stay with it and you will win. So she continued to do this day after day, year really after year. And then she had this vision. And in the vision, the two bulldogs were on the same side of the thing. They were not pulling against each other. They were pulling together. And she knew that she had it. She had a note of victory. She did what the old timers called prayed through. Now, a lot of people don't have any idea what I'm talking about when I say that. She prayed through. That means she stayed in that place of prayer week after week, month after month, year after year, until she had this note of victory. Of course, there are prayers. The prayer of faith, you pray for yourself. You don't have to keep asking God over and over and over. I'm not talking about that. But there are certain kinds of prayer, supplication and intercession, that these prayers require ongoing. It's not a one-time thing. It's praying through Tell you know that you know that you know that you have it. And even at that point, if it's praying for a lost loved one and you get this note of victory, I know, I know that I know that I have it. I see them sitting in church next to me. I have it. And you begin to rejoice. It doesn't mean that it's going to be that way next Sunday. But when you have it, you have it. And then you begin to rejoice. So she got it. She saw in that vision that horse had come over to her side and he wasn't pulling against her anymore well some time passed and she was at home and they had a grown son that was there and horace came in drunk as usual 
sat down at the kitchen table. He was drunk. And her son stood up and went over and laid hands on his dad and said, In the name of Jesus, I break this alcoholic spirit off of my dad. His mom had gotten it in prayer, but he was the one that acted it out. So he laid hands on him. His dad fell over in the floor and started praising God, immediately delivered, never touched a drop of alcohol again. Now, why did that take years? I don't know. And why, how, why did that take her son laying hands on his dad? I don't know. But I do know they got the victory. And I do know that she prayed it through. And then it came to her. When you pray things through, they will come to you. And you will know what it's like to overcome through the power of prayer. Oh, we thank you, Lord. That's enough for tonight. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.